Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your K Priest Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our new guest, Steve Horton. We're here to break down nine lives and everything in between. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We're here to break down. This is such an awesome concept. Um, it's a it's about a woman who, uh, through uh, different nine uh, generations, uh, is uh, running away from a serial killer. Uh, what a wild concept! Um, and I cannot wait to dive deeper into that. But before we do, I always love starting off with a who you are and how you got into comics. So, if you don't mind giving us a little bit of a uh, crash course on uh, your history as a comic creator, that would be awesome. Well, hi everyone, I'm Steve. Uh, I got started in comics in the summer of 2001. I was an intern at Crowsey Publications who did the old comic newspaper, Comics Buyer's Guide, if you remember that far back. Uh, and I uh, started writing comics really soon after that, I got inspired. Uh, I did some stuff for Image, uh, some stuff for Dark Horse. My uh, biggest breakout was a series called Amala's Blade for Dark Horse. And, uh, wow. That one was a lot of fun uh, with Michael Dialinas. Uh, went on to do a series called Satellite Falling for IDW uh, with Stephen Thompson, and that just got is in development for television, uh, which is really exciting. And uh, then uh, everything kind of changed uh, a few years back. Uh, I decided to do a David Bowie graphic novel after being inspired by a uh, art gallery in the UK of David Bowie uh, album covers reinterpreted by comic artists. And I thought, uh, why don't I do a graphic novel about him? And found Mike Allred, uh, who was the world's biggest David Bowie fan. And we <laughs> collaborated on that three years later. Uh, it came out uh, right before COVID hit. So we didn't really get to tour based on it, but it still did really well. We won a bunch mm -hmm. of awards. And working on a news music graphic novel now, as well as doing some crowdfunding, which we're here to talk about. And really excited about nine lives and the chance to break kind of break free from the publisher model and take matters into my own hands. Yeah, we have uh, Mama Geekly stopping in uh, over on Facebook uh, saying, hello, this seems like a crazy and interesting read. Uh, she's actually the one who got me into David Bowie. So uh, a nice little callback there as well. So uh, that is so awesome. Like starting out the gate, hitting all these bigger uh, publishers. Like how was that for you as, as like an early creator to, to have that experience? Well, I like to say that I pitched IDW 14 times before I hit the platform. <laughs> so it was a matter of throwing a lot of things at the wall and seeing what stuck. Working with a lot of different artists, putting together five page pitches, <clears throat> constantly pitching to all the major publishers uh, over and over again. I'm sure they get sick of me after a while. Uh, and then finally hitting <laughs> with something. Uh, and that was a lot of time and effort for just a few comics, so which brought me to, to Zoop because I mm -hmm. uh, wanted to take one of my old ideas. Nine years ago, we pitched uh, Nine Lives with Chris Peterson to all the same publishers. And uh, a lot of people said, this is this looks great. We really like this, but it doesn't fit our publishing schedule right now. So we just let it lie. And when Zoop came along and said, hey, we want to work with you on crowdfunding, we thought, I thought, why don't I take this old idea that I really liked from back in the day and, mm -hmm. and fresh coat of paint and try it again and so here we are so i mean interesting two nine years ago and then there is nine lives i mean kind of how it ties together like that so i mean how does it feel to finally be able to self-publish for the first time is there a lot of restrictions working with other publishers well uh the nice thing is the publishers that i've worked with and the editors i've worked with have been uh 
given me a lot of freedom to do what I want uh, and have not hadn't had a lot of restrictions. The only real, real restriction is the the uh, green light pipeline. They they hardly ever green light anything. Uh, you maybe get four or five uh, new series per publisher a year. Uh, and it's really hard to break in even as an established creator with a good project uh, because they just don't have the bandwidth to pub, uh, publish a lot of creator-owned titles mm -hmm. per year. Uh, so they just do a few, so it's extremely hard to get through. And uh, and so I'm bringing all these ideas to the table that aren't finding homes. So that that's one of the reasons I decided to start self-publishing so I could take these great concepts, bring them to comics, and not have that kind of gatekeeper standing in the way of, of mm -hmm. them being published. So uh, speaking of Nine Lives, uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, the creative team behind it? And then let's dive into the concept as well, because it is such an interesting uh, idea. I, I really love uh, what you have going on here. The uh, artist on the title is named Chris Peterson. Uh, he did a really fantastic series uh, with Alex DeCampi for Dark Horse called Grindhouse, which I really loved. And he's done some other great series for Boom Studios and other places. And I really like his style, which has evolved considerably over time since we first pitched the project. Uh, he's actually taking the pages that we did for the pitch and redrawing them in his current style, which is even better than how he drew back then. <laughs> uh, he's kind of taken the same minimalist color scheme that we're, we did before and applying it to the new comic, uh, which really fits, it fits the style and tone of the book. Uh, and then I'm continuing to letter. I have to try to remember what font I used way back then but I think I still own it. Uh, it's kind of a capital and lowercase, mostly caption style. Mm -hmm. There's a few speech balloons throughout the comic, but for the most part, it's totally first person caption, uh, kind of getting inside Cleo's head. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the team. It's just uh, just two of us uh, and, and Zoop. So, uh, so far, so good. So how's lettering been? Is this your first time like lettering or have you done it uh, previously? Uh, I lettered a Maul's Blade myself. I uh, kind of self-taught uh, in Illustrator. Now, uh, now I letter in Manga Studio, uh, which has some really good built-in lettering tools. That's uh, maybe not as robust as Illustrator uh, as far as really fancy lettering and sound effects, but for this kind of title, it's perfect. So uh, l let's talk a little bit about um, Cleo as well. So this is uh, our damsel in distress, right? Uh, she is uh, running away from a serial killer uh, through nine different lives. Uh, what inspired this? This is such an awesome concept. I had no idea where the idea came from in the first place, <laughs> but I thought it would be cool to do a series uh, based on a character that has lived throughout history in different lives. Uh, she has uh, magic powers, but they change uh, through each of her lives into something useful for that time period, strangely enough. Uh, her, her current life, uh, which is the sixth incarnation, uh, is her as a 1920s flapper. Uh, who works in a nightclub and is, uh, sings pretty well, but has steady, steady employment because she has the ability to turn water into alcohol. Uh, <laughs> it's a very strange power to have, but it's only really the beginning of what she can do. Uh, she's actually a lot more powerful than she realizes. Was that during uh, the, um, uh, what, what was it? Uh, pro pro yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so there's this guy named Anthony following her around trying to kill her, and she has no idea why. Uh, and so she has to kind of figure that out throughout the course of the story and defend herself. And in future issues, we're going to meet some of the other Cleos and the other Antonies. And uh, 
some of them will survive and some of them won't. That is awesome. We have a Mama Geekly saying, love the illustrations of old times like gangsters back in the day. I think you nailed it with uh, the time era, Mom. Um, so is is each like time like um, drawn to that era? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure yet if we're going to change the art style for each time period, but it's definitely going to look very different with de a different character and a different occupation. Like, for example, we have a, a pirate Cleo. We have a... Uh, oh, that's so cool. We have a spy Cleo. Uh, <laughs> We have kind of an Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider style Explorer Cleo. Uh, and so in each version is going to use their magic to, to uh, in their occupation, as well as to try to stop them from being killed and to stay alive. That is such an awesome idea. How does uh, this collaboration uh, with you and the artist look like? Do you uh, have the script and you just give it to them? Or do you kind of let him take a little bit of his own like style and kind of incorporate it? Well, I gave him uh, a lot of reference for the time period and as well as some references of how I'd like the characters to, to look like. Uh, my main reference for Cleo is uh, 1920s uh, flapper movie stars. There's a few different ones out there that really fit the, the aesthetic here. And my reference for Anthony is uh, if you ever saw the movie Last Night in Soho, it came out a few years ago, at, by, directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, there's there's the the villain character uh in that movie is a perfect uh reference for this <laughs> so uh played by an actor who was in doctor who so <laughs> yeah so we're uh, named matt smith so we, i sent him some pictures of matt smith from that movie and he designed a, a perfect anthony so oh that is awesome i think right now it'd be the perfect segue let's go ahead and pull up the zoop campaign and see what we're campaigning for I know Zoop runs a lot of this, but there still has to be a little bit of stress behind it. I mean, how are you feeling right now, uh, nine days into it and almost halfway funded? We're doing great. We're, we're right on pace. Uh, we've sold out of a lot of our rewards already. Uh, we even have someone that has pledged to be, get themselves drawn into the story. So I have to find a good place to include them prominently. Uh, and actually, a really old friend of mine <laughs> that pledged for that. And we've got we've got a lot of supporters uh still three weeks to go in the campaign and we're at the halfway point already and i i have full confidence that we're going to be fully funded right here is the link for everyone that is watching with us be sure to check this out if you're able to back it we would love to see that but if you're not able to simply putting this on facebook or twitter anywhere you can word of mouth is 100 free and getting as many eyes on this project as possible is what we're trying to do Currently looking at nine lives uh, at $2,381 of a $5,000 goal with 64 supporters and 21 days left to go. Uh, right almost at that halfway mark. Uh, so awesome. So let's take a, a look at some of these tiers. We have the PDF for this 32 page comic at six bucks, the main cover at 10, the variant at 12. We have both covers for uh, 20 bucks. So you save a little bang for your buck there. You can get everything at 35 and then a retailer bundle at 22. So some pretty awesome tiers. Uh, let's take a look at some of these add-ons as well. So um, we have an art print right here, which is an 8x11. Um, and then this is uh, Cleo, our protagonist, right? Mm -hmm. That is the variant cover uh, drawn by Lee Tran, who is a prominent webtoon artist with a really big social following. And I hired him to draw the variant for this and sent him some old movie posters as reference. And he came back with this really cool variant <laughs> that has the uh, Cleo in the front with some smoke, uh, some cigarette smoke. And then in the cigarette smoke is, is a image of uh, Anthony with his back turned. It's really mm -hmm. cool. 
perfect callback to that era of like movie posters as well we have uh get drawn into the comic for 500 so there's only uh two of three left you might want to act fast on this before you lose that opportunity and then uh, a full body commission by chris peterson for 250 so an outstanding piece right there as well uh we have the upper torso commission by chris for 75 some original art pages as well so does chris do uh, everything the traditional style actually no uh he does everything digitally so what we're doing is we're making prints from his digital pages but only doing one so mm. it's similar but not quite the same as an original art page and we've actually sold the first three of those so this is pages four through six and then here's some of the ones that have previously uh, sold a signed copy of bowie uh so you had the uh, five opportunities to get that hardcover 160 page Man, that would have been a perfect gift for my for my mom. I might have to hit you up after the interview and see if I can get my hands on a copy sometime. <laughs> I may have one. I may have one left. Uh, I think I have to go into storage and see exactly how many I have. But I need to reorder. And then we have a look at some of the previews too. So right here are the two covers. We have our cover A and our variant right there, just a little bit larger. And that variant is gorgeous too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really did himself. So are these, uh, who, who are these uh, sketches on the side right here? These are some concept uh, pages of some of the different Cleos from different time periods. Uh, you can see there's probably some spoilers here, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll meet them in future issues. We're hoping that we get to come back and do more issues of the series. Uh, mm -hmm. There'll be nine, nine issues altogether. Uh, and we'll hopefully get the entire series and then get to do a uh, trade paperback. And then right here, some of these uh, interiors as well. So uh, give, give us a little bit about what's going on. You said uh, our main protagonist is a uh, really good singer. Yeah, she's a great singer. And uh, although there's a lot of turnover at her club, the Jazz Standard, she's able to keep her job because of her magic power, which she uses uh, to help the owner uh, with his underground speakeasy, speakeasy operation. So she is... In, as you can see in these first few pages, she's singing a lovely song and then returns to her seat and surreptitiously changes her drink in into single malt liquor, uh, which she loves. She loves whiskey a lot. <laughs> so I notice, I, I notice uh, that um, her in particular is a little bit of a different color too. Is there any symbolism or reasoning behind that? Uh, you know, see, seeing this and when she touches the drink, this, the whole table turns that same palette as well. Yeah, I think that Chris, with his his uh, interesting coloring style here, is kind of uh, painting the, the page based on the magic, which I really like. And it just makes it stand out so good. It's so visually striking, like how you can see it's like almost like gives her like just a, a larger spotlight uh, in within the spotlight. I love it. Mm -hmm. Such an awesome style. So that is the campaign in its uh, in its full. We have a stretch goal as well. So once you hit six thousand dollars. The cover will be upgraded to have some spot UV uh, gloss, uh, which is going to make it pop. Uh, and then uh, give us a little bit about the timeline as well. So uh, once you successfully fund, you know, uh, what's that timeline going to look like? Well, uh, Chris is hard at work on the comic as we speak. So we're hoping to deliver the PDF to customers very soon after the campaign ends. And then we are going to get it printed up as well and uh, get that shipped out to people that have uh, pledge for the physical copy as well as some of the uh, extras. I'm going to ship the people their Bowie books myself from my from my storage room. And <laughs> then we I will get to figure out what my next campaign is going to be. I'm either going to go on and do the second issue of this 
or I have uh, two other concepts in mind with different artists that are going to become available in the spring and, and summer. Uh, see what happens. So, Steve, for anyone who might be on the fence about backing Nine Lives, if you had the opportunity to just to kind of reach out and say something to them directly, what would you say? I would say uh, it's important to support independent comics. Uh, this money goes right toward us producing more comics, and in uh, Chris's case, uh, helps you know helps him uh, helps his income because uh, he needs it. And in my case, uh, gets puts money in the bank to support the next uh, independent comic that I do. Uh, anything I make from this is going into savings, and then is going to go go toward variants from even more prominent artists. Uh, as well as uh, a logo artist and things like that. So the production on the next crowdfunded comic will look even better. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for swinging by, Steve. Uh, so what does the rest of 2023 look like for you? I know uh, we were talking about potentially crowdfunding a second issue of this or another project, but do you have any other things that you're working on that we might, uh, you know, or keep an eye out for? Yes. Uh, Comics-wise, I'm working on my next music book as a follow-up to the Bowie graphic novel that won the Eisner's and was the New York Times bestseller. Uh, I can't say who yet, but I'm in advanced talks with several uh, very prominent musicians that you definitely have heard of that are equally as famous as David Bowie. Uh, some of them are still around with us. Uh, some of them I'm working with their estates, uh, but I'm sure the announcements will be coming once we sign the, sign the contracts, but you're going to be very surprised. And the, ar the artist that I have in mind is amazing this and i really hope they get approved and well that was going to take some time to produce it took three years probably to, to be drawn uh so expect a similar mm -hmm. timeline for this but sometime in the mid 2020s is when this will come out so in the meantime i'm going to do a whole bunch of single issues like this uh so people don't forget who i am and then yeah. hopefully by the time the next big music graphic novel comes out we'll uh be even bigger a success than bowie was and I, I know Mama Geekly right now is screaming that uh, you should do Alice Cooper. So I, I should throw 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 that name in the hat. <laughs> so that Steve, would be a lot of fun because he's, <laughs> like, he's done comics in the past uh, mm -hmm. with Marvel and uh, with Vertigo. Uh, I worked with Neil Gaiman, who did the intro to our Bowie book. So uh, Alice Cooper is very visual. We're we're looking at very visual musicians for this because they translate well into the graphic novel form. Uh, so that <laughs> that would be a, a I would love to do an Alice Cooper graphic novel someday for sure. Uh, so, Steve, we came to one of my favorite parts of the show where I get to ask for a little bit of advice for anyone who might be new listening or anything in between. So for anyone out there who is just struggling uh, with pitching to a publisher and, you know, it's their first time they just got rejected. Maybe they didn't even get a response back. What would be your advice to kind of help them stay motivated, you know, with keeping uh, swinging at it? Well, I've done panels on this at conventions about breaking into the comics industry and doing your own comics. And what I always say is that... Uh, now is the probably the easiest time in history for doing your own comics. Uh, it's probably the most difficult time in history to break into Marvel and DC, so that probably shouldn't be your end goal. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you get noticed by them at some point, great. But the best time to do your own comic is right now because you can create and publish your your comic online anywhere uh, at Webtoon, at Tapas, at other places. Uh, at Global Comics, which is another really good place to self-publish digital comics. And you can find printers uh, for, very, for very low amounts and get crowdfunded and get your own comics printed and sell them at conventions or to your friends and family. Um, so it's a really good time to make your own comics. Uh, if you're unsure about how to, how to 
put together a script, how to find an artist. Uh, I started a newsletter uh, that is all about that. So Google that, um, find my newsletter, and I talk about self-publishing comics, how to, how to find comic scripts, how to find artists, uh, how to find great venues to publish your comic, and just get it out there. Just do the work, and uh, people will notice, and you'll have a really awesome comic out there. That is so awesome. I'll do the legwork for you guys. I will find that link and update the description for you. So you just have to go into the description and click it. And then you can sign up for that awesome newsletter. Steve, thank you so much for swinging by, breaking down nine lives and everything in between. Everyone watching right here is the link. Be sure to check this out. If you're able to back, we would love to see it. But simply putting this on Facebook and Twitter uh, means just as much to us. So we would really appreciate that. I hope you all have a lovely Thursday. But most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.